Hello, and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here's your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I will start by asking, what's new to you, Alex? Ugh, I just worked five (laughs) days in a row. Oh no. Which is probably a normal amount. For most I mean, people. yeah, that's that's how much I work in a row every week, but still, you, but <laughs> I'm sure not, you're very tired. It's not what I'm used to, and <laughs> so I'm, yeah, like today has been so nice to just be able to do stuff, and then somehow, well, I always have Sundays off, but I somehow have Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off. Dang, now that's pretty good. Three-day weekend. Yeah, and it was like totally on accident. They didn't even know. They just accidentally did it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. It's like you're getting away with something. Kind of, yeah, but I wish I would have known like further ahead of time so I could have planned something. (laughs) Right. (sighs) But other than that, uh, I don't really know. I went to a writing workshop today, and that was really good. I wrote a bunch of good stuff, so I think I'm just kind of wiped out from that, and then... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Been watching anything or reading anything? Um, not really watching anything. I find it very difficult to be inspired to watch anything that's longer than 10 minutes long. <laughs> so like lots of YouTube, which feels like maybe that's something not necessarily to talk about today, but like, why do I feel like that's a guilty pleasure? Yeah, that's a topic. And that it's not worthwhile in any way. Yeah, because it is. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends on what you're watching. I don't know. Lots of garbage. (laughs) Yes, but as we say, all media has value. That's very true. And if it's just chilling me out after a long day of work, then that's valuable. It is valuable. (laughs) (laughs) Find anything good? On YouTube, ugh, again, they're guilty <laughs> pleasures. <laughs> uh, I will admit, I don't know if I've ever talked about it before, but I am like very in need of ASMR at all times. Mm. So some people like like to make fun of it, but it's like actually oh. something that's really helpful for me. I listen to it every night before I go to sleep. It actually is one of the only ways that I can go to sleep like immediately mm-hmm. um, because it like takes my mind off of everything. I, I know before right. it sort of like became a practice to listen to it, um, I would often take like minimum half an hour to fall asleep. Oh, that's me lately. I can't sleep at all. It's and really now it's like two minutes and I'm out. Wow. God. Yeah. Power of ASMR. Guess so, man. <laughs> See, for me, I wish that I could do that, but like sound is what keeps me awake a yeah. lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like I have to sleep with a fan on or something to muffle noises. Mm-hmm. Any any inconsistent noise will oh, yeah. just totally perk my brain up. It, it's very frustrating. Oh, that happens too with ASMR videos. Like, so my favorite are like haircut role plays where they're like doing scissor sounds where it's like snipping. Then uh-huh. if they use the buzzer, it's like, nope, 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 I'm awake. Nope, stop. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't do it for me. Exactly. Well, I I mean, if, if it's like, if I'm awake and I'm listening to the buzzer with the haircut stuff, it sounds great. But if I'm trying to sleep, it's like, yeah. Yeah. There you go, a little delve into my psyche. Yeah, it's just, it's just brain responses, man. Yeah, and I feel bad for anybody that doesn't get ASMR tingles. It's like the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's really misunderstood. Yeah, as far as like what's going on or what the what the point of it is. People, I, I mean, it's both enjoyable on like a conscious level, and then also it's. Um, autonomous like it it's just your body reacting so um, mm-hmm. it, it can't be that like weird if your body's just reacting to sound you know sure. although there are some weird yeah. ones out there <laughs> yeah and that's like there's a second thing happening oh yeah that's, on top that's of yeah exactly it, I think I think that that's ASMR plus yeah. maybe but like in a weird way that's like <laughs> also maybe where the some of the more merit comes in because people get bored of the same thing so then you find places like I think one of them it's like ephemeral rift and he just does like bat shit off the wall like you're in a dungeon when this mad scientist is experimenting on you in a fifth dimension and he's a bat creature like it's 
<laughs> it's amazing, but I can't deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I mean, I'd read that book, but <laughs> sounds like something they would read on uh, bad books for bad people. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like an episode of Night Vale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also that. <laughs> um. Oh, I did watch i need to buy the book but i just watched the panel for um uh here there be griblins the comic oh and yeah it was gosh how exciting funny. right yeah, I bet. so i really want to get a copy of that but i have so many books that i'm reading <laughs> <laughs> but no how exciting for them like no, number one bestseller new york times like that is i mean i think we all knew it was going to happen because i think what a fandom, right? right? Like, and it's a very, I, I don't know. I feel like relatively quiet compared to some other fandoms. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it could get pretty rowdy in here. <laughs> uh, but no, very exciting for them. Very cool. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been up to? Um, let's see. What have I been up to? I went and saw... Uh, last night will's been um working on a production of uh the three musketeers Mm -hmm. with uh, the metropolitan youth arts academy in vancouver um he was supposed to just be stage managing it but they conscripted him to play a guard in a couple fight scenes that's how he dislocated his shoulder a few weeks back Um, actual fight scenes yeah he landed wrong (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty bad he's my brief foray into theater in sixth grade when it was required i was in annie <laughs> and i was oh. i played like three different extras mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, one of them happen. one of them it was just like a servant in daddy warbucks's um mansion and okay. like we're just supposed to be running around doing a bunch of different things in the scene and one of the other people was just supposed to be cartwheeling across the stage cartwheeled into me also happen yeah so that was fun <laughs> oh did they cart did they hit you like so hit was, their top half or their bottom half <laughs> feet feet um oh, no. I, I was carrying a box and they just kind of knocked into the box but it was like oh gosh i better keep going <laughs> yeah that didn't happen yeah. Uh, yeah that's how it happens yeah so he, he uh it was during rehearsals that he had his injury <laughs> he insists that he um broke his collarbone I don't think he broke his collarbone, but he definitely dislocated his shoulder and he was in some pain for uh, (laughs) for a couple of weeks, but he's okay now. Um, It was a pretty cute production, though. The only frustrating thing was um, they were doing it in the parks. And Mm -hmm. so they were doing it in Marshall Park uh, in Vancouver last night. And it was really hard to hear some of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the performers were children. Yeah. This is mostly a children's show. I mean, there were adults in the cast, but um, also, I don't know, some of the adults were hard to hear, too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like, there were a few people. Pretty much the the three musketeers um, did a pretty good job of Mm -hmm. projecting, and I, I could hear them well enough most of the time. Um, D'Artagnan was a little less audible. She was like a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say, man, the char- the the servant, um, Planchet, he, uh, he was like supposed to be sort of a minstrel narrator type character for the show. Um, and he was inaudible like the oh, no. entire time. And this is like an adult man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was also like singing a lot and playing guitar a lot and he was even playing the guitar very quietly and it's like dude why are you so quiet (laughs) like he's a teacher like you should know better (laughs) but uh but it was a very cute show and i would like to see that script done in a context where i could hear all of the lines Uh, (laughs) because from what i heard i liked Mm -hmm. it i will okay so the character richelieu the um sort of evil henchman character um in my uh favorite version of the film is play, he's played by mads mickelson uh <laughs> but this character he's he's just like this sort of evil henchman um who works with milady and uh and cardinal whatever the no 
no, no, Richelieu is the cardinal. Rochefort is the henchman. The kid who played Rochefort, his costume was so badass. Like, <laughs> I couldn't deal with how awesome this kid looked. Like, I think this boy was probably around 14 years old. And he had this kind of, like, long, stringy, blonde hair. And um, Rochefort has, like, an eye patch. And so they just had this sort of bandana that, like, went down over one eye. Okay. And his hair was kind of up in it. And he was wearing this black doublet and these black, like leggings and these boots and he just had this fencing foil and he was so awesome <laughs> like I, the whole every time he was on stage i'm like it's that rad kid oh my god and then after the show i was like i had to tell him like you looked so cool up there man like that was amazing so <laughs> i always love going to will's stuff especially when it's with like his students because i always feel kind of like a celebrity mm-hmm. Um, because I show, you know, I show up and it's like, it's Will's wife. Oh, man. Hi. Hello. Did you see the show? Did you see me? Did you like me? And so, like, I just feel very cool showing up at these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just sat out on the grass with my mother-in-law and watched this play. And it was, it was cute. It was fun. Was it one of the really hot days? It was pretty warm, but the show didn't start until 7 p.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was starting to cool off and it was kind of a shady tree covered spot. So it, it wasn't so bad. And actually by the time it was getting over, I'd put my cardigan on. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was, it was all right, actually. Uh, but it was a, it was a fun time. I was actually, I mean, I may have been forcing it a little bit, but I was, I was definitely laughing a mm-hmm. lot, uh, throughout the show. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to be laughing a lot throughout the show because it's, you know, it's always nice to have someone in the audience to laugh at the jokes, to encourage everyone else to laugh yeah well especially like, if they don't, i've been there i've been up on the stage <laughs> get the jokes or their parents and they're like watching their other kids and they're just not paying attention or if they're like i don't know how much i should yeah. laugh and so just to have someone there to be like yeah laugh all and everything just laugh please well, that was helpful too helps a lot. um when we were at the uh the where the wild things are show because yeah. there were some really smart jokes, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if I get that joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's always it's always fun to be at a children's show and, like, get a joke that, like, sails over the children's heads because it's like, that was for me. Oh, my gosh. Marxist <laughs> Max was, like, the greatest joy of my life. Yeah, that's – that. man, Will's a good playwright. Like, <laughs> Will wrote that. He wrote those lines. Like, mm-hmm. great. I'm proud of my husband. Uh <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that was fun. It was a fun time. Um, it was a pain in the ass to drive up to Vancouver after work. Oh, I bet. Oh, my goodness. And there's always yeah. traffic down where you live. Like, every time I go there, no matter what time of day, no matter what time I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, actually, the funny thing is, I didn't really, it wasn't too bad until I got into Portland. Oh. And, like, North Portland was just impassable. Mm-hmm. It was, like, well, there was some one of the... around Terwilliger, but then it was, it was like, Delta Park just forget about it you're not moving well was it the freeway still closed no okay. actually the freeway was it was actually very nice to be driving on this freshly oh, right. paved freeway it's so quiet <laughs> and smooth it's so smooth my car is garbage so i could, could use all the help i can get <laughs> as far as a smooth ride goes <laughs> yeah no that was it was a lot of fun uh hey do you want to start our topic? I mean, I I kind of slacked, but I can definitely. No, it's okay. I'm the one. I'm the one sort of shouldering this, and I think that I think we can have a good convo here. I think I can I can direct this well because uh, what we're talking about. So I have been reading these great books. Um, I decided to splurge recently because I've been wanting, especially this one book, forever, and it's really hard to find because it was published in like the 70s mm-hmm. and it's out of print and, and so like and it's like a big text it, so like the cheapest you can find it is $40 used in like Oof. good condition Oof. um <laughs> and I've been I've been wanting the, this book since high school mm-hmm. and that, recently I was like fuck it I'm getting this book like I want it it's useful to me I've been wanting it forever it's actually useful to me now this is how I justified it because it relates to the novel that I'm trying to write. So I was like, this is for, this is for my novel. It's this is for, 
It's research, exactly. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to buy it. And I have zero regrets. Um, so Catherine Briggs uh, was a folklorist. Um, she passed away in the 80s, I believe. Um, but she mostly did her research and writing on fairy lore, particularly of the British Isles. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first book is Catherine Briggs, An Encyclopedia of Fairies. <sighs> This book is a blessing upon my house. I love it so much. Uh, my, um, I, I first found out about this book from actually my, uh, my ex-girlfriend. Uh, she had a copy of it in high school, and uh, I thought it was just the coolest thing. And she was using it for, um, for research for some school projects, and I ended up borrowing it from her for my junior project mm-hmm. because I wrote a fairy tale. And... I was like, oh my god, this book is so cool. Uh, and so, like, I was, I would just, I coveted that book. And I finally, like, own my own copy of it. It's beautiful. And then the other one is another by Briggs, um, The Fairies in Tradition and Literature. And it's more of just a traditional sort of scholarly text. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a pretty great, pretty great book. Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about fairies and fairy folklore and how we sort of interact with it now and like how the cultural concept of fairies has changed over the centuries mm-hmm. um because it's pretty crazy to like compare what's in these books with what the average person will think of when you say the word fairy yeah well then you can test uh, it right now because i'm because <laughs> of my fairy yeah knowledge. <laughs> right i know um so like what are because I you know I asked you if you could kind of think about some you know pop media or whatever that has fairies in it of some kind like what what do you associate with and what what's kind of out there in your personal sphere that's about fairies or has fairies in it so I didn't think on it too hard because as I said I've been sort of bonkers with work um but right. uh, the one that immediately came to my mind because it's just such a like dark but also pretty standard version of the way we look at fairies i think was there's an episode of torchwood hmm. that is all about them i'm curious because i i've barely watched any torchwood so i've not seen this episode can you tell me a little about it so like it's been a while since <laughs> i've seen it sure, but sure. if i Gloss- if i'm remembering right Gloss- um it's like it's this i think it's like an irish um town or might be you know somewhere i, I get a little confused with all of the islands over there. Um, uh, there's just these, I think there's a girl that's missing and, or there's this girl that's like being haunted. Yeah. I think there's this girl that's being haunted. Okay. Um, and like they find out that she's not being like haunted, like negatively. She's being protected. And then the Torchwood people find out that, oh, it's fairies that are protecting her, but they're not necessarily the good kind of fairies. Um, Mm -hmm. They're the powerful, scary kind of fairies. So Mm -hmm. they're basically um, trying to protect her until they steal her away and turn her into, like, one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're very gross and goblin-y looking and big. Nice. Um, Nice. When you actually finally see them. Uh, but mostly they're just sort of like the wind, which is another sort of version of them that I really like um, when they're just sort of the elements. And then I, I should have done a little more research, but I'm also recalling a couple like, they, I don't know if they were Disney Channel original movies, but sort of like in that vein, um, there was mm-hmm. one that was like about banshees and it sort of reminds me of that. And there was another one that was about like fairy rings. Really? Um, so, when you said that, I immediately recalled, like, it had just left my brain until this moment that right? there was a Disney Channel original movie called Luck of the Irish. Well, yeah, that about, one's like, not the one I'm lepre- thinking of, but yeah, right. that one but is that an totally excellent counts. one. Like, yeah. it's like, it's about leprechauns, and that oh, it yeah. 100% counts. Oh, and there's some weird parts about that, like when they're, the magic kicks in and the evil leprechaun, like, transports them to ancient Ireland and they start playing ancient Irish games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh that. my gosh, you need to watch that movie. It's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, and then the grandpa like runs a potato chip company. It's amazing. 
I know everything I, about that movie. <laughs> I remember one thing about that movie. And it's when the kid banishes the leprechaun to the shores of Erie. And oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, you stupid kid, you're pronouncing it wrong. It's Irie. And he mm-hmm. says, no, I'm from Lake Erie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the Great Lakes in America. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I remember from that movie. <laughs> What a great pun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, okay. Definite recommendation there for anybody who hasn't seen that in a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, this totally is a little bit different. But yeah. another one that's in the same time period as that and I was obsessed with was the 13th year. Do you remember that I Disney Channel original movie? The Merman? You know, I, like, everyone from our generation loves the Disney Channel original movies. I, like, never watched them. That's like, totally fine. But them. the one you need to watch is The 13th Year because it's about this, like, uh, kid who's, like, a really good swimmer and he's coming of age and he turns out, finds out he's, his mom was a mermaid and he's a merman. Oh, wow. It's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> In my memory, it is excellent. <laughs> So I, I will say, like, I'm already, you know, kind of impressed because, you know, a lot of people will, when you say fairy, they'll just think of, like, you know, fairy godmother pixies, or I think pixies, mm-hmm. little wing babies, you know, like that kind of <laughs> yeah. thing is what what generally, you know, the, the, the eight-year-old girl idea of fairies yeah. is generally what people think of, but... You know, you are in the know okay. enough to say mermaids are fairies and leprechauns are fairies and yeah. that kind of well, thing. Well, I, I, I know um, I had a, I took some, um, a, I think it was like a fairy tale writing class in college and there were a lot of people that were writing in other modes other than mine. Mine were like uh, a little more fictional sort of creatures that I made up, whereas they were working with like uh, selkies and... Things from the lore. From the lore, yeah. Um, and then I know a lot of other examples that I, I'm not as familiar with, but I'm really drawn to are like um, Titania and Oberon and uh, Queen Mab. Right, the sort of Elizabethan, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, late medieval, early modern sort of like, right. Uh, yeah, the thing that is most interesting about reading these books is sort of what has occurred to me is that we absolutely still do the same thing that these people were doing really when they came up with this idea of these fairies uh, I mean, to a lesser extent, yeah. it's less widespread because we're, you know, a little bit more of a rational society. We know what causes the weather now. <laughs> yes, like we understand things scientifically in a way that people who came, who told these stories just couldn't. Yeah. Like they just, they didn't live in a world where that knowledge was available to them. So they were working with what they had. Mm-hmm. That being said, so a lot of things that like read to me like ghost hauntings in the Middle Ages, were attributed to fairies. Oh, really? Yeah! Things that absolutely sound like, you know, monsters and ghosts and these that was just all fairies. Mm-hmm. Like, that was all just sort of thought of as in the same category. Uh, you know, there's... there's. I mean, like, I, I can't help but think of, like, the stories that you'll hear online of like black eyed children or, you know, other kinds of creepy pasta type stuff. Well, yeah. Cause like, especially like they sound very similar the creepy ghost children. Like a lot of people would probably have assumed that was like children that had been taken by fairies or like fairy children or changelings. Or yeah. Some kind of evil creature that mimics a child mm-hmm. or something like that. And, you know, obviously there's the fairies, there's, there's helpful fairies, you know, the benevolent fairies, and then there's like mischievous or malevolent fairies, and they kind of cross back and forth. Yeah. Um, there are some fun stories about like fairy household helpers who like, you know, you never see them, but they're in your house. Mm-hmm. And if you treat them right and leave out, you know, things for them, food or milk or whatever, they'll do chores for you in the like night. Like the borrowers. Whatever. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, the borrowers are fairies. Like, they're 100% fairies. Uh, but, like, there's this great story of this, like, clever, you know, servant girl who, like, 
left out milk and stuff for this fairy to like help her do her chores and then, because because these stories are great she's like haha i know i'll play a funny joke on my health oh, fairy no. instead of instead of milk i'll leave out old urine oh my god that <laughs> and then the fairy got mad and then killed her beat her up <laughs> no it didn't kill her it beat her up and then went to the neighbor fa- farm to help them instead oh my goodness i in our next game of Pathfinder, I'm being a fairy like that. That's just like, a, like not does not want to be messed with. Just takes things so seriously. Yeah, just play it. <laughs> Some kind of a gnome. Uh, but and then there's like awful. Well, there's this one. What, I'm gonna pull. Up. I've got the books right here. There's one called um, Kilmulis. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Kilmulis. I think that sounds cool. Um, yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm just going to read you this and the beginning of this entry in the encyclopedia because it's so fascinating uh, and so different from, like, a modern conception of what a fairy mm-hmm. is. A grotesque kind of hob or brownie who haunts mills. It is described at some length by William Henderson in Folklore of the Northern Counties. Every mill used to be supposed to have its kilmulis or mill servant. He was not very pleasant to look at, for he had no mouth but an enormous nose, up which he must have snuffed his food. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, that's insane. I love that it's like, that's the only explanation, is that he, he's snorting I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, because uh, uh, for a rhyme quoted by Henderson runs, Old Kilmulis wanting the mow, come to me now, come to me now. Where were ye yestreen when I killed the sow? Had ye come, ye'd hey gotten your belly foul. So, <laughs> so like, there's accounts that clearly this thing must have eaten. So, there's only one explanation how that would function. That's so uh, like, <laughs> where the heck did they, like, some random guy one day was just like, oh, it was that big-nosed, no-mouthed fairy. Like, who believed him? <laughs> Yeah, that's a fascinating thing where these stories come from, but I can understand them a little bit better when I think about the kinds of supernatural stories that we tell now and how they really function in the same way. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> like, you know, Well, if you think about American fairy tales, they're all quote unquote cryptids. Cryptids, absolutely. I was going to bring up cryptids. Cryptids are fairies, man. Exactly. Like, uh-huh. a couple hundred years ago, they would have been fairies. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. crazy. Like, there's all, you know, there's sort of the general categories of fairy. Um, but then there's also, you know, Kelpies and mm-hmm. Hobbs and whatever. But then there's also, like, really specific figures with names that are known as, like, oh, that fairy. I love the name there ones. and does that thing. Well, I mean, and some of them have cool names. Like, this one is um, Peg Powler. Uh, Peganel <laughs> is a wronged ghost. So, like, she's described as being a ghost. But mm-hmm. she's still categorized as a fairy. Um, and then there's ones with kind of weird names. Um, now, <laughs> I'm just going to read this entry. And and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try real hard to, to, to read this without any irony in my voice. <laughs> Cause and it's like it's just a it's just a time and a place thing because this doesn't mean what it means to us. I'm just gonna read it. <laughs> Sorry, I need to I need to focus myself. The Tiddy Mun was a presumably an outstanding member of the Tiddy Ones or Strangers in Lincolnshire. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even read this entry because I it's love just like titty ones. The titty so mug of the titty ones. <laughs> Outstanding member. Of the titty ones in Lincolnshire. Um, so he's like a particular guy. Uh, and there's the titty men. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they're. they're like we have these like oh you know there's there's a category of cryptids who you know who are the you know the they're like the fair children. folk right is what you sure would, is that there's how, so many names what would like the big category be like the because the fae even sounds like too not i mean well, there's all of these words come 
from euphemisms. You know, they were called the fair folk and the fair ones and the, and the, you know, the good people or whatever, because if you said anything bad about them, they would come after you. So you just speak of them in the most reverent and uh, respectful tone so that you keep yourself safe. Um, So that's where even though they're like awful monsters, you would call them like the good folk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't piss anybody off. So this is a little bit backtracking, but I'm looking at the the villains wiki entry for the fairies in the Torchwood episode. Okay. So you know how every Wikipedia article has like the the image and then like a little bit of a a breakdown of the facts about it? Mm -hmm. So above the image, it says hostile species. (laughs) <laughs> sure and then full name homo fata vulgaris hmm. and then um abilities <laughs> unlimited elemental powers oh not bound by normal physical laws yeah can make themselves invisible that's pretty normal sure time travel hmm. that's a-, a new one but sure. <laughs> ability to steal their victims breaths Ooh, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Infiltration specialists. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, fairies can get in anywhere. Uh, flight. Um, mm-hmm. Cataclysm sure, inducement. Cataclysm, yeah. Well, okay, sure. Like natural disasters? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. bl- blackmailing. any stories of blackmailing fairies um, i don't know um immortality and then impossible to trap them now i guess that just depends on the fairy uh, and then there has uh, a hobby listed <laughs> violently <laughs> defending their interests is their hobby uh, you know for fun and then just to pass the time their goals Ensure the safety of chosen... It's goal, doesn't it? <laughs> right, it does. Um, but the goals are a little more specific. Uh, ensure the safety of chosen children. Convert chosen children to fairies to continue their species. Kill anyone who either would harm those children or intrude into their territories. And secure and take the chosen children one way or another. Sure. And that's, then, there's a storied history of fairies stealing children. And, that's like their number one. Right. And then crimes, no information. <laughs> crimes like well you can't what law can you hold a fairy you can't and that's i think (laughs) something interesting is they are elemental they're they exist outside of the normal human world well yeah and i'm i'm fat yeah they're they're sort of this a lot of fairy stories especially contemporary ones tend to frame it as sort of like the wild natural world versus the orderly human Mm -hmm. world yeah and you know the stories tend to be the collision of those two interests uh i uh i made my own little list of um fairy related media Mm -hmm. um and and so many it's uh, pretty much I think you can make a case for all of these being on that theme. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that came to mind, which I love, is The Secret of Kells. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. And of course, it's, you know, it's a little bit more sort of intentionally drawing from the real historical lore. Uh, for those not in the know, it is a uh, wonderful Irish animated film. Uh, It takes place in the Middle Ages during the sort of Saxon raids of the British Isles. And it's about a little boy being raised in a monastery who makes friends with a fairy girl. Um, And also other stuff happens. But this fairy girl, um, Ashling, is so cool (laughs) and adorable. And she's, she's this just sort of elemental sprite sort of thing. Very Irish. Um, and then there's, which I have not seen yet, but the sort of spiritual sequel to Secret of Kells, The Song of the Sea. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That one I didn't like about... as much. It's a little, like, um, slow. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's not I have bad, not though. seen it yet. Uh, and that's about, like, a little boy whose sister is, like, a selkie. Yeah, something um, like that. I don't really remember exactly. She can turn into a seal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, similar, another Irish film is The Secret of Roan Inish. That one sounds so familiar, too. Uh, it's an older film. Um, it's about this little girl and, like, her family. Oh, right. It's about that island, isn't it? 
yeah, Seal Island, mm-hmm, Ronin-ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think I watched that. And, in like, her little brother supposedly was taken away by the Selkies. And, like, supposedly their family, like, has a Selkie in their lineage, like, in their history. Mm-hmm. Um, like, some a man had took a Selkie for a wife, and that's why the Selkies took the little boy. And it's sort of a question, like, did this really happen, or is this just a nice way of you know, coping with the idea that this baby died. Um, you've got the fantastic Scandinavian film Troll Hunter. Oh, I love Have you that. Seen that. I love that movie. It's it has yeah, no it's reason really to cool. be good, and it's good. It's I did not expect it to be good, and it is so good. <laughs> it's a mockumentary about people who meet this man who turns out to be a modern day troll hunter. In Norway, I believe it was Norway. And, uh, like, he's like, yeah, no, trolls are real and they still exist and I have to, like, deal with them. (laughs) (laughs) It's my job to make sure the trolls stay in their lane. Uh, It is super cool and actually really frightening at times. But that's a really cool modern take on historical lore. And they're very cool, very Scandinavian trolls with their big lumbering bodies and their big noses and their it's it's neat it's the trolls are more like dumb animals mm-hmm. in that film whereas in the folklore trolls typically have a little bit more intelligence than that yeah. um but it, but that's sort of a modern way of looking at it that they're these these animals but they're like weird supernatural animals and this guy has to make sure that they stay away from humans um there's the uh, book and uh, adapted television series, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar? It sounds familiar. It's, uh, I feel bad that I've n- I have not finished reading that book. I picked it up a while ago and it was really interesting. The writing style, very cool. Um, doesn't quite work for me though. Just personal taste thing um because it's written like a like a historical novel like it's it's written in to mimic the style of books written in the time that it takes place Mm -hmm. so like cool idea it totally like i get what they're going for and i like it but i also struggle with that writing style and just like staying engaged with it (laughs) (laughs) so that's 100 percent on me um but it's about like it's sort of an alternate history of England where magicians magic and fairies are real um and it's it approaches it very much like what if like magic existed during this very stuffy time in English history uh (laughs) so like magicians have basically become more just sort of theoretical scholars of magic and they're like well you don't actually do magic Mm -hmm. (laughs) the thought of it (laughs) uh (laughs) and then there's some guys who are like but but what if we did like we we could do magic. Like, why don't we do, why don't we do mm-hmm. it? And they're like, what? Why would you want to do magic? Uh, and like magic is sort of achieved through the help of fairy assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this girl who like, it's a, it's a very popular kind of a story from, uh, you know, from folklore of a, a woman who, at night when she goes to sleep visits fairyland mm-hmm. um and so she, you know she's actually there in fairyland and has there's a and of course later versions of it it turns out to be something that needs to be exercised out of her by the good christian religion <laughs> but uh yeah there's this girl who's like really exhausted and sickly because she keeps being brought to fairyland at night and she's like i really don't don't want to keep coming here but they keep taking me while I sleep. Uh, And it's a really fascinating, fascinating alternate history take on like taking fairies and magic and sort of implanting them in a later period of English history as though it it is a sort of a, an open part. You know, so much of it is like, what if there were fairies and nobody knew? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, everybody knows. It's it's just normal. Like this is just the <laughs> the way that it is. It's so fascinating. Um, well, then there's there's also the like um, the typical YA route where it's you know you're a new protagonist who just figured out there's a secret world within the world. And Harry all Potter, the creatures, Harry Potter, or like um, the one that I was into was the Mortal Instruments series. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there's also like Tithe, which also has a mm-hmm. couple links to the Mortal Instruments because the authors are best friends. Ah, um, <laughs> but that sort of like it sort of combines in a way the like uh, the Shakespearean fairies with like the chaotic elementals mm-hmm. where they're these royal um, scary gorgeous powerful creatures yeah I, and I, I feel like especially for you know people who want to do like a fun cool fantasy story about fairies like that tends to be the route that they'll go because they just like it's like what if fairies were just like super awesome like they're just so cool <laughs> and you just want to be them oh my god yeah oh my gosh you're so right <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants to be these fairies <laughs> um Another, which I really liked, um, it's another, it's so many of these things are Irish because uh, yeah, I guess Ireland, uh, you know, most of all um, of the sort of British Isles really um, still identifies with their fairy lore and their, you know, the history. Well, they're, they're lore. secluded. They have to make some stuff up. To... <laughs> <laughs> or if, if you think about it. To think of it another way, the way that I was sort of uh, thinking about it while you were describing that book, um, religion would have come differently there. Mm -hmm. Because it's secluded, it might have taken a little longer. I don't know, man. Like, Ireland's been deeply Catholic for a really long time. Well, yeah, but I feel like a lot of the sort of, like, a lot of responses to these sort of unexplainable events would be the devil. Yeah, well, no, absolutely, and I think, and, and this and is that maybe, that hasn't overshadowed the fairy stories, hundred percent. And and like I was saying, with that sort of versions of the story of the girl who visits fairyland in her sleep, like it's treated like something that needs to be exercised, something that has yeah, to be exactly. cured with with religion. And in fact, um, later fairies were absolutely viewed as being demonic. Um, oh yeah, and again in the mortal instruments, which I was just talking about, there, um, all of the different creatures in the world were offspring of fairies or, or uh, angels or demons, and the fairies are half angel, half demon. Yeah, sure. I mean that's that's uh, that's an interesting and 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 definitely um, r- related way of of viewing them. Um, mm-hmm. At, at a certain point in history, absolutely, though, fairies were just thought of as being devils. Um, it was just the only way to reconcile it. Because, I mean, Ireland was, like, forcibly colonized and, like... Well, yeah, and if you, weren't, uh, if you weren't... If you weren't recognizing the religion and adhering to it and ex- viewing things the way it views it, then you're a heretic or you're, mm-hmm. you know... So the only way for them to hold on to these stories... Was to dress which were a part of their cultural history was to tweak them. And we talked about this a little bit with um, with Scandinavian lore mm-hmm. and the sort of later way of viewing these characters through a Christian lens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, and, and, and I think, it, you know, it may be related to that sort of forcible shift in cultural lens um, that, you know, there are these more modern fairy stories of, the Irish saying like, you know, let's go back. Let's find these stories again. Let's, let's, yeah. let's connect to these deeper roots that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's the film, the hallow, uh, which I loved. And I think I may have talked about this um, at, in some episode in the past. It's this Irish horror film about this very um, urban Irish family who moves out to a rural village because the husband is a, surveyor for like a logging company and so he's like Mm -hmm. surveying this forest and the you know the locals are like oh you better not muddle in these things you don't know about and they're like (laughs) got these you know iron bars on all the houses and the wife's like i think these are ugly and they're like don't take down the iron bars and they're you know they're there to protect Uh. people they're like oh these these locals are weird and frightening but then it turns out they're actually trying to keep them safe from the hallow from these fairies that are out in the woods that'll steal their baby and the fairies try to steal their baby Uh, and it's real cool scary stuff like they're these really frightening dark you know old world kind of fairies it's really um really cool 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last thing, actually, that I thought of was Brave. Oh, and I, I almost mentioned it when you mentioned um, Secret of Kells because they have some some similar uh, imagery with mm-hmm. the stone circles. Um, and even in Highlander, the uh, Showtime series, there's those... Um, Mm-hmm. Sort of... And it's it's the it's sort of the 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 medieval Celtic, yeah, uh, atmosphere going the on there. Yeah, the hinges. What? Uh-uh. I'm, I was about to be a pedant. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> There's no need. It has no place in this conversation. Uh, but yeah, the I mean, because in Brave, there's the will o' the wisps that lead her oh. to the witch. That's and one of my so... favorite words as a poet. I love will o' wisps because yeah, it's like Ivans. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, they're very cool and they're just precious in that movie. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of witches, I learned something really interesting about the connection between witches and fairies. Ooh, do tell. Well, so everyone is at least vaguely familiar with the figure of Morgana Le Fay. Yeah, Morgan mm-hmm, Le Fay, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call her. You notice that bit in her name, Le Fay, mm-hmm. means the, fair. the fairy. And this is because way back historically, that word referred to women who practiced magic. And the term was sort of conscripted to apply to these supernatural non-human beings, but witches absolutely were fairies. And they're referred to as such. Does it come before Mm -hmm. what we know as fairies? Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly there were sort of ghoulies and creatures and things. well yeah but i mean um if you think about like folklore witch women. folklore and fairy tales um and mm-hmm. uh and the like they're so old <laughs> right that they're some so of them are like i can totally see that I well totally and there's it's sort of um now at this point my research on the subject is cursory at best so i'm no i'm not going to claim that i'm uh any kind of an authority but i understand that it's um theorized that the sort of classical irish fairy court uh the tuatha de danann historically in ancient times were gods they were absolutely the gods of the land and then they sort of were downgraded (laughs) into fairies as as other religions sort of appeared and (laughs) yeah things changed around culture happened history happened um but the Tuatha de Danann very well may have been gods and in fact Morgan Le Fay may have gotten her name from the Irish goddess Morrigan oh that makes total sense doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's only exactly the same name. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty close. This is probably related. <laughs> but that's the You're, trouble with Irish I, history yeah. and Irish mythology. So much of it was destroyed and lost because of colonialism. Yeah. Colonialism strikes again. <laughs> Well, now I'm in like a, a Wikipedia hole on this end of the recording because I'm just like looking at banshees, trying to find that movie I was thinking of, and now I'm on the Cottingley Fairies, which are so interesting. I was, yeah, I was just reading about the Cottingley Fairies like an hour ago, actually. I think there was another like sci-fi show that also dealt with them. Um, it might have even been in that same episode of Torchwood. Yeah, the Cottingley some, Fairies. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, there was that film, was, but... um, Fairy Tale, A True Story. Yeah, but I think I'm also thinking of an episode of something as well. Because Very well could be. I mean, it's a pretty significant cultural moment where Arthur Conan Doyle was like, fairies are real, everybody! Mm-hmm, when it was like, mm-hmm. no, these are obvious cutouts from a book. Like, there's a real artist that painted these. <laughs> Some of them fairies. are very good, though. I mean, like it the, helps that the it's most like famous one is the little historical much. black and white photos. The most <laughs> famous one of the little girl and the fairies in the foreground, like mm-hmm. that one's a little unrealistic because they're so yeah. close up. But like, there's some other ones that are a little more. The one with the sort of little gnome guy is pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's the 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 photography limitations of the day certainly helped hide the the oh, scenes yeah. as it were. Um, well, that and also the fact that they no one had ever seen anything like it photography. Yeah. Tricks, and then people trickery. are like, well, these photos haven't been tampered with. These aren't drawings on the neck. It's like, yeah, they they faked they it in camera. Like, they, <laughs> they, cut out, they cut out pictures from a picture book. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it was just not a thing. And so Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was like, oh, this opens up everything. Anything could be true now. It's amazing. And he just wanted to believe really, really badly. Yeah. I know he he well because his whole like his main character of his most famous thing was like deducing things and he's like finally I don't have to which can be just be like oh yeah he wanted some magic right like wouldn't who wouldn't want there to be real real fairies you know yeah I mean if it'd be really rad (laughs) (laughs) also scary (laughs) also scary well especially some of these friggin things um, I was just reading an entry in the in the book, um, The Fairies in Tradition and Literature. Um, the chapter is Forgotten Gods and Nature Spirits. And there's this figure um, which is associated with the birch tree and has the coolest name ever. Tell me, tell me, the, tell me. The one with the white hand. Ugh. I need to immediately <laughs> write a poem about it because I am obsessed with birch trees. They're my Listen to this. Babe. Tell me, tell me. She would rise out of a scrub of birch and oak at twilight and drift after benighted travelers so fast that they could not escape. Her clothes rustled as she moved like dead leaves. She was as pale as a corpse and her long, white, skinny hand was like a blasted branch. If she touched a man's head with it, he went mad. But if she laid her hand over his heart, he died. And the <sighs> mark of a white hand was found over his heart. Okay, so, so I cool, have, right? in high school, I did a, a a drawing of a giant woman made out of a birch, or that's like a birch tree woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sounds so similar, and I'm so excited, and I just want to, oh my gosh. I want to freak out more, but... <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> well, you'll you'll just have to find it in you later. Oh my gosh! Like, oh. like that kind of stuff is so cool, and it's like that's a horror movie now. That's like, a horror movie, or that's like a fantasy with like that being like something they have to fight, or you know. Uh, yeah, like there's there's so much here, and it's like it's such a shame to like think of the way that this category has just been reduced, but also like, it's still there. We just use a different name for it now. There are different things now, but they're still there. Well, I think the most, um, not necessarily current, but um, the example that everybody knows that's probably new that I would consider a fairy or a crypt. Well, it's obviously a cryptid, but um, a slender man. I was just going to say, like, yes, he's this mysterious, terrifying figure that comes from the woods Urban and you legend. don't know what he wants or what he's going to do to you. And he, like, he just is there. Like, it's so fairy. It's really cool. Like, Faceless, long and slender, pale. Yeah, like, sure, why not? That sounds like a fairy to me. <laughs> and and of course and we didn't even we don't even have time now but like we didn't even get into like sort of other cultures we should do a I, second episode on folktale or um urban legends and yes. then what are we other... gonna call this because we've already got double dip your baby <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is all double dip your baby it's it's mythology and folklore <laughs> i think it counts um yes we need to do one on uh urban legends and then we also need to we should each um, do some maybe light research on like um, other other uh, cultures because I remember I wrote a, a short story about um, a Brazilian shapeshifter once. Ooh. Yeah, and I I realized after I wrote it that I was like I maybe am not the person that should be writing this story. Um, right. <laughs> but the the shapeshifter was very cool. It would um, seduce people and lead them to the ocean and drown them. 
Oh, that's. I mean, there's. You want a, you want a Celtic ev- version of that because there's a oh, there's Celtic like version of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's. In fact, I was just reading about it. I can't remember what they called it, but yeah. There's. There's a lot there's of them. 100%. I mean, Kelpies are kind of like that, but there's also one that's just 100% kind of like a a succubus type, like, yeah. mm-hmm. fall in love with me, I'll lead you to your doom sort of situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because we didn't even get into, like, Japanese yokai, which I believe, like, I, I maintain that the closest Western equivalent to yokai is fairy. People want to well, call them, like, spirits or demons. Well, yeah, because well, fairies but- are spirits. Yeah, or when I, I mean, I don't know, like, to, to me, spirit means something else. And, I, you know, I think that the fairies are fairies. And I think that the closest thing that we have to yokai is fairy. In in the diversity and um, what they, what the, the role that the they, way they play. Function. Yes, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't say that word to people when you try to explain yokai because they're going to get the wrong idea. But if you have a, a you know, broader understanding of the sort of folkloric concept of a fairy than 100%. Well, those, there are some yokai that are the, just as weird. <laughs> oh, boy. There's one that's just a shoe. <laughs> For real, it's a lost that's sandal. That's the episode title. There's one that's just a shoe. <laughs> There's one that's just a shoe. He just is a shoe. If you lo- Be careful of your sandals, because if you misplace a sandal and it feels neglected, it will come alive. Oh, and then there's this one, um, I was watching, okay, again, YouTube hole. I was watching, uh, there's a series about Pokemon where it's like, should these certain Pokemon really be the typing that they were given? Mm-hmm. And there was, I was watching the one about psychic Pokemon, and um, there's a bunch of psychic cat Pokemon. And that oh. comes from a yokai that um, it's a cat that gets older and older and older. And at a certain age, its tail splits and then it gets psychic powers. Yeah. No, I totally know. I totally know what that is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Pokemon are, well, they're not fairies, but modern they're related. yokai, basically what they are. Well, and there's, I mean, there's the whole franchise Yokai Watch, which is yeah. mm-hmm. very similar to Pokemon. And it's based on yokai. Yep. We better call it because we could keep talking about I this. Mean, I mean, do we have to call it? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm out of actual things to say, but I'm just having a lot of fun talking about fairies. <laughs> well, we have been talking for about an hour, so I'd say it's time to move on to recommendations. Okay. Okay. Do you have anything? Um, I haven't watched it yet because I've been neglecting everything. Uh, but uh, Mikey has a new video, Movies with Mikey. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about Blade Runner and Blade Runner sequel. Yeah, and I just watched that video and I can endorse it for you. And I always want to support <laughs> him because he has a rough time with a lot of things. And I see him a lot on um, Twitter. He sometimes posts about the really nasty stuff that people post in the comments. Like, oh, I know. He doesn't so mind mean. if they're just being rude, but like very, uh, very bad. Um, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, protect Hi. Mikey. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's just brilliant. He's just brilliant. Yeah. It's a good video. So for sure. Um, and then I don't, I haven't been watching anything. Um, <laughs> if you don't have a recommendation right now. But I wish I did. The, yeah. Well, why don't I talk about mine and then maybe something will occur to you. All right. Go ahead. Because, um, well, first of all, just a little mini rec. Um, if, you, if you're if you really interested in the stuff that we were talking about today, um, check out the podcast Myths and Legends because it's all about this kind of stuff. And every episode at the end, he does um, Creature of the Week or something like that. I don't know why I can't think of it right now. But basically, every episode he tells you about a new, um, like another weird folklore creature. Um and it's just really fun. And that's how I know a lot about, like, that's how I knew about that shoe. And that's how I knew about that cat. <laughs> so like, it's really cool. And then just the stories that he tells are really interesting. He just sort of um, retells stories from folklore from all over the world. Um, but my real recommendation is a new episode from Nick's fears. Um, it's that channel with the, um, uh, the host may who's the, who's a, trans woman who talks mostly about horror films but she does talk about other stuff um and her newest episode is actually about neil cicerega uh specifically his album mouth sounds 
and I mm. love that album and I love Neil Ciceriga and like all the stuff that he does but like she took this funny bit of pop culture nonsense and talked about it in the most intelligent way Mm -hmm. and she like made me realize things about it that had never occurred to me and i'm like that's what i want to do like i'm so in awe of her ability to to take this goofy thing that i never considered thinking about in any kind of serious way and told me about like how it's functioning culturally and the cool work that it does and i'm like that's what i'm supposed to be doing you're so good at this i want to do that so yeah check that video out um because it's just nifty especially if you like neil cesariga's music because um it'll blow your mind (laughs) did you think of anything no i'm so tired that's okay (laughs) i won't make you think anymore Uh, before we go though I got something to plug because I've mentioned it uh, a few episodes ago, but it's it's happening for real. My brother Dylan and I are starting a Twitch and YouTube channel called Junk Adventure, where we play the video games. Um, we're starting with the uh, weirdy old video game from our childhood, uh, Steambot Chronicles love the game it's crazy and i can't believe people don't know what this game is so that part of our mission is just to tell people how good this game is <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna start streaming on twitch um so this video is going out on monday on friday uh we are gonna stream uh 8 p.m pacific standard time we're got we plan to stream every friday at the same time And I think we're going to be putting up videos on YouTube on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, um, which is just going to be edited versions of the stream. So if you can't make it to the stream, don't worry, you'll catch it all on YouTube. It's going to be funny and crazy, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, And another thing before we go, why don't you give us a live reaction update on season one of Avatar? Toph just showed up and I love her (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm on season two now and Toph is Toph is incredible oh my gosh so good I'm so happy that you know who Toph is and uh I mean I already knew who Toph was but I didn't really ever see her but her her style like the actual physical martial art that her style is based on is my favorite visually so I love her yeah, no, she's super cool. Um, just inspiring. Uh, and I gotta say, I really enjoyed her introductory episode because of all of the sort of uh, pro wrestling undertones uh, <laughs> going on in there. I kind of screamed a little bit because, of course, there's the big star of the fighting ring, um, the boulder, the boulder. <laughs> who's obviously um, uh, you know a reference to the rock, uh-huh. but. Later in the episode, she calls him the Pebble, mm-hmm. and I lost my mind because of Monster Factory. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, and then also the other guy, the Hippo, I'm pretty sure is a reference to King Hippo from Punch Out. Oh, must so I be, liked that as be. well. Yeah. And what do you think of the season one finale? Oh, I, cr- I, I actually literally cried. Isn't it just uh, like, like the most beautiful heartbreaking powerful scary thing all at once it was so cool i gotta say the, the moment that impacted me the most was that sweet sweet moment between iroh and zuko mm-hmm. when zuko's gonna go off and do something stupid and dangerous mm-hmm. and they have this like father and son moment and i couldn't take it mm-hmm. i love iroh <laughs> one of my favorite moments and they never really come back to it like at all and it's so i think maybe once they make a reference to it in in cora um but ko the face stealer oh so scary i know so scary and so miyazaki and like oh. yeah yeah very cool although in very apparently cool. in one of the comics after the series the first series um you meet the spirit that is the mother of ko the face stealer and she's so cool Whoa. Yeah, I've seen the pictures and I read the right. article. I didn't read the comic because I don't know where to find it, but she's like <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So um, to, to, to send us off, I got a funny thing to tell you. Uh-huh. So you know how I told you this book cost me $40 used? Uh-huh. 
on the back of the book. How much did it cost? Printed new. The, the price new. Yeah. How much is it new? <laughs> I meant like four dollars and ninety five cents. What? <laughs> like printed on the back cover in like the per- the original original cover that says that much. Yes. Yes. Four dollars and ninety five cents. I'm trying to find the publication date here. 1976. Okay, that would be why then. That makes sense. Then it yeah. would be a, I would consider that a rare book. Yeah. I was like, why would it be that much more? <laughs> yes. It's because it's, you can't, they don't print this anymore. It's wow. crazy. Honestly, it's just, I mean, like, sure, $5 is a different amount of money in 1976, but still, oh, $5? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate and subscribe and review so more nerds can find us. We really appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. Also, I forgot to say, Spotify on there, too. Also, Spotify. <laughs> Spotify. Uh, and we're always on Twitter at LitMeritPod. Um let us know if you want to hear like any yokai that you like that you want us to talk about or yeah, any what's other, your favorite like... fairy <laughs> can you think of anything <laughs> else like from from contemporary media or lore? yeah like what's your favorite <laughs> um urban legend or or cryptid because i yeah. think those are really fairies, cool man. fairies it's all fairies <laughs> and thanks to jonathan colton for the use of our theme song fraud from his album artificial heart Until next time, remember... No no guilty guilty pleasures! pleasures.